Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. And we're back. Who knew that first batch of bad leadership behaviors would be so popular? I wanted to thank you for a few of you who sent me some really nice notes about it, that you really enjoyed it, made sense, and it sounded like you want to drain some more. So we're going to continue with a second batch this week sooner rather than later in the spirit of giving people what they want. Um, so in our growing list of bad leadership behaviors, we're going to cover another five in this week's episode. In case you're tun- tuning in for the first time, I encourage you to please go back and listen to part one. Um, and we are making a bad batch of coffee. We're filling it up with all the bad behaviors that leaders tend to do just that kind of mess things up. Uh, Because sometimes you need a bad pot of coffee to remind you how a really good cup of coffee can be. So let's continue to drain the urn with the next five stale sips of coffee. If you're taking notes, this is number six, being a yes person. So we get a paycheck, most of us, if we're working at a company. And I like to think of the fact that we're paid for our opinions. We're paid for our ideas. We're paid for the things that we can bring to the table. But it's very easy to fall into the trap of just being a yes person and saying, oh, sure, yes, yes, I'll just do that. I'll just do this, yes, to your leaders, to your partners, whoever it is that you're serving, whatever your job may be. And the danger with this is we completely lose our innovation, we lose creativity, and we lose our ability to think for ourselves, which is exactly what a leader should be. A leader is supposed to not be a a conformist just to any opinions around them, but someone who's actually going to apply critical thinking, apply different scenarios, make connections, see the bigger picture. I mean, that is our job. And I know it's easy to fall in this trap. I mean, I've fallen into this one myself before when you have someone that's just like, just do it, just do it. And this is what comes down from on high and you just need to make it happen. But what I would say to that is, There are times where, yes, there might just be something you just have to do, but a lot of the time there's not. And I think if you apply your intuition, you apply your critical thinking, you use your pull from your experiences, pull from research, everything around you, and you go, hey, I just want to raise my hand and red flag something on this that could happen as a result, I guarantee even if it doesn't happen in the moment, when something comes back around, that that leader is going to thank you. If they're worth their weight in salt, that leader should thank you for flagging something, for not just taking something and running with it, for helping them think through things, for helping them see, wow, this could be bad if we went about it this way. I mean, that's really what we're here for. And truthfully, if you have a leader that doesn't want to hear your opinion ever, eh, you might want to think about getting another job or moving on. But truly, leadership is all about influence. So don't be a yes person. All right, number seven, managing up and kicking down. Kind of goes off on number six a little bit, right? If you're just always doing what 
you, your leader wants you to do, doing what the person above wants you to do, fulfilling their every need, their every whim, their every everything. But then meanwhile, you're, you're neglecting your people below you. You're neglecting your partners and peers maybe next to you. And oftentimes what happens in order for this type of a leader or behavior is to just keep pleasing above, they end up kicking their own team down and pushing them down and becoming like, get this done, do this, do this, do this, and just being this very kind of dictatorial type of leader to other people. And what is that too? That demotivates people. It demeans people. It doesn't make them part of the process. It doesn't make them feel cared about. That has, This is like the antithesis of servant leadership we should want to serve our people and we should bring them up and help them be in the spotlight and see and grow and and fulfill what needs to happen not be so concerned with just you know brown nosing up the ladder frankly and just making sure the person above you you know has everything fulfilled because you know what your leaders change your leaders change your jobs change people change so what happens when that leader goes away or you have somebody new or different and unfortunately you've now just completely ostracized your entire team below you because that's all you've cared about so then what happens to you then you have nobody following you you're not a leader so number seven don't manage up and kick down all right number eight leading in an echo chamber this is like a leader that likes to drink their own Kool-Aid constantly shows truly a lack of humility of somebody who just keeps wanting and doing the same things over and over again, not listening to anybody else. They said something, they want it done. They keep putting things out into the chamber that is their team, but not inviting anybody else's opinions, um, not inviting any new research, new information, benchmarking, anything. And I think that this behavior actually creeps up on you quicker than you think. And it's especially important for people, people like me and others who've been with a company for a long time. It's very easy to get into an echo chamber within your own culture of your company or organization that you work for. You start actually believing that you have all the right answers. Well, that's just not the way we do it here. And this is the way we've always done it here. And that's just the way it is. That's the way it works. And, you know, unless you are intentional about knocking down those chamber walls, you're just going to keep drinking from the same, you know, Kool-Aid and you're not going to grow, innovate, change, evolve with the marketplace. You have to be intentional about bringing in fresh thinking, new ideas, new voices, and listening to them and applying them. And yes, that's going to feel a little wonky sometimes because heaven forbid we take risks. But you have to or you're not going to keep up in business. You're not going to keep up with the constantly evolving marketplace. So get out of the echo chamber. Open the door. Break down the walls. And listen. All right, number nine. Making assumptions. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. And I know I've mentioned this probably in several of my other podcast episodes I mean, there's that old saying like assume means an ass out of you and me. And it's very true because when you assume things, you are just coloring any situation with your own implicit biases, your own experiences, your own filters, your own thinking, and you're projecting onto someone else what you think that they're thinking. I mean, are we mind readers? Does anybody really know? Well, I just assume you were thinking this. I just assumed you were doing that. And this, I've seen this play out more than ever, especially in this post-COVID world where people are getting even more, 
nervous about their roles, their jobs, you know, they're getting more tense in the workplace. And there's so much, you know, shortness and snippiness and a little bit of territorialism going on. And you're seeing it everywhere. And people are just assuming, I just assume you hate me or you don't want to work with me because you snipped at me in a meeting. Or I assume you're, you're thinking X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh my gosh, do you know how easy it is to just say, hey, I want to ask you a question. Do you think this? Or Hey, when you snapped at me in that meeting, it felt kind of, you know, gross. I didn't really appreciate that. Is everything okay? Just have a conversation with people and have some empathy in order to ask that question to have some, you know, conversation with people. Chances are maybe someone just snipped at you or was negative or countered you in the meeting because they're feeling insecure or they're feeling, you know, they were having a rough day or they couldn't get their kids, you know, up and ready to virtual school or whatever. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. Don't assume. Don't assume you know. And also don't assume people wake up in the morning and want to make your day bad. I promise that you're not the center of people's universes. I promise. Um, even though we like to treat them as they are sometimes. Another real way that this plays out too is that we sometimes can assume Like, for example, a mom who has four kids at home and an international assignment opportunity comes up. So we might make an assumption that she doesn't want to want that assignment. And we make that decision for her to say, oh, there's no way she'd want to go and work overseas for six months. She has four kids at home. Well, then what you've done is you've just assumed what her answer would be. And you took a decision away from that person. And that's not fair. We should never assume we know what an individual wants. I don't care how well you think you know your team or your people or anything. Always, always have the conversation with people. You never know what they might say. And you never know how their lives are changing too or what their goals and aspirations are. I think sometimes we also think as leaders that, oh, well, that person told me last year in their you know review at the end of the year that they want to do this. Well, those change too. Career aspirations change all the time because new roles and opportunities and jobs and markets and fields come up all the time. So we can't make assumptions that we just think we know our people. Always give them that that opportunity. Never assume. All right. And the last one, number 10 for this week, making unilateral decisions. This is a tough one because I know that there are times where leaders feel like they need to just make a decision and don't ask anybody else and move, move, move forward because in the, in the sake of time, in the name of time, in the name of opportunity. Um, but the problem is, is this is really more being a dictator. If you include your team on decisions, then it's going to help them feel more valued. It helps them feel like they're more part of the process. And yes, there's going to be times when decisions happen way above your pay grade and you have to implement. Sure, sure, sure. It happens. But then can you engage your people on the how, even if you have little choice on the what? And I see a lot of really good leaders who get into this trap big time because they are told, hey, I'm holding you responsible, leader, for for this project or this campaign or this whatever it is. And they think that means them. Oh, well, I that means you mean just me. That's not what that means. It means I'm holding you accountable, yes, for all the work that's going to happen, but it doesn't mean you do it by yourself. It doesn't mean that they mean, okay, now I have to go close myself off in my office and come up with all the ways to do this. They don't care usually how the sausage gets made, and they expect often, even most senior executives, that you're going to tap resources, you're going to engage people, you're going to talk to your team members, you might even delegate out a lot of the actions and tasks as part of whatever that is. They don't 
take it so literally. And again, you're going to have something, a product so much better if you engage your people and if you engage people around you and other brains. It's like getting territorial about something means you're going to have blind spots. So in engaging your team and other people are probably going to like nip those blind spots in the bud and then you're going to have an even better product at the end of the day. All right, so there's five more to add to our list of growing behaviors. And it really is okay to admit that all of us, even with the best of intentions, can fall into the traps of some of these. The difference is good leaders, when they know better, they strive to do better and be better. Make a better batch of coffee today. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.